How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing well? If you're a sports fan, you're kind of doing semi-good and semi-bad. I mean, the Ravens have won like 18 straight, well, nine, my bad, like 19 straight preseason games. And the Orioles have now lost, what, 18 straight regular season games? So, so we're, in a, we're in a little bit of a, we're not sure where we are. But anyways, yes, yeah, pray for all of us as we cheer for these teams. Um, but I want to welcome everybody. As you see, I kind of moved some stuff off to the back because it's our upper room service. So if you're visiting with us, if you're fairly new with us, once a month we do our communion time. And we call it our upper room service. And we keep the kids in the service because we, we want them to partake in communion. We want them to understand what communion means, what, what Jesus did for us on the cross. Um, and because the kids are in the service, we, we like to do some kind of fun things with them and have them kind of be a part um, of the service. So uh, I would like to invite all the kids up on stage. And while they're making their way up on stage, I'm going to come down and grab uh, a communion cup because I forgot to grab one. So remember, we also are still not passing around the communion plates. We still have these all-in-one home shopping network, great sales um, pitch of, of communion. So remember, there's two tabs on these things that when we come to communion, the first tab opens up the, the cracker. Hold on. Stay back. Stay back. There is water up here, and you guys are going to go. Something's going to get in. All right. So uh, where was I? Oh, yes. There's a, t- a tab on the top, which opens up the cracker, and then a second tab, uh, which opens up the juice when we get to that point. Where are all the kids today? We have a much less crowded stage, which is good. I got space to move. All right. So my question for you guys is, do you trust me? Now, you guys are probably like, I don't even know who you are, right? So we're going to see how much you guys trust me. All right. So we're going to do some things to test how much you trust me. Does anybody think that, does anybody think that I will catch them if they fall backwards. You guys don't even know me. You can't say no. Come on. Not even my, my own daughter. You think I'll, come here, come here. All right. Here comes the ultimate relationship. All right. So I want you to stand right here. I want you to face that way. I want you to cross your arms just like that. I want you to close your eyes. And go to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. All right. What I want you to do, when I count to three, I want you just to fall backwards. Can you do that? Don't do it. What are you talking about? All right. Here we go. One, two, just three. Did I catch you? What you didn't see is I pretended to move out of the way, but I was was just kidding. All right, let's do it again. Ready? Arms crossed. Now we've done it once. Will I do it again? All right, ready? One, two, three. Oh, very good. Give it up for a round of applause. All right. Who wants to be our next volunteer? Oh, Addie, come on forward, Addie. Here is what I need you to do. All right, I need you to come stand in front of the stage here. I'm going to give you these two cups. 
Okay? I need you to, oh, actually, you can face this way. You can face out that way, all right? I need you to hold your hands out in front of you. There you go. All right, so I'm going to give you one cup. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. There we go. Okay. You know, take this one. Hold it up high. All right. Now, I got some high quality H2O. Mmm. All right. Let's pour a little bit in here. And let's pour a little bit in here. Oh, there it goes. All right. Now, I want you to spin around in a circle. Perfect. Now, I want you to give me this cup, okay? And now, I want you to put that cup on your head. No, no, on, no it's on your head. Don't worry. No, on your head, okay? I want you to close your eyes. Okay, keep them closed. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to spin around three times again, okay? Ready? One. Two, three. All right. Now hold your cup out far. Okay. Now on the count of three, do you trust me? No. This is just it's not working out well. All right. Do you trust me? No. All right. What should I want you to do? On the count of three, we're going to take our cups and dump the water on our heads. No. Okay. Ready? No. Do you trust me? I'm not ready. Do you trust me? I don't trust you. Tr trust me. Okay. Just trust me. Trust me. No. Yeah. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> There's nothing. See? It's still on my head. All right. Well, it didn't work perfectly, but it worked pretty good. All right. Now I got one more to go. Oh, boy. Here we go. You get the best one of all. All right. So I'm going to take this little bag. I'm going to take this bag, open it up, and I'm going to fill it with some water. Get nervous? How nervous? Very. Very nervous? You should be. No, I'm just kidding. Trust me. All right. Filling this all the way up. There we go. All right. I'm going to seal this bag. You want to watch me seal it? See, like I'm sealing it. It's sealed, right? Good. A balloon? It does kind of like a water balloon. Watch out! Okay. <laughs> just kidding. All right, and I'm going to take these five pencils. I'm going to hold this bag over your head, and I'm going to send these pencils through the back. Do you trust me? No. All right. All right, face that way. Here we go. Everybody say one. Ready? 
You good so far? You look really nervous. Don't, don't you trust me? Two have already come through. I'm not going to take them out. That would defeat everything. All right. Ready? Oh. That, one, that one went in kind of at an angle. Sorry. That one got, didn't go quite straight through. All right. Got two more. Doing good. Actually, this is kind of getting heavy. My arm is getting a little tired. So, I mean, it could, it could fall. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. There's another one. Oh, I mean, you gotta trust me now, right? I mean, four have gone through. One more, ready? There it is. Success. Are you dry? All right. Now pull them out when it's over your head. No. All right. Uh, now I gotta make sure we don't make a mess up here. All right, we got one. Last exercise, and this is going to involve you guys. Here's what I need. I need two volunteers. Me. Yeah, you haven't done anything yet. You, you come over here, and let's, you want to? All right. All right, so now I need all you guys to kind of spread out on the stage. So just kind of spread out in a way, but away from each other. Come over here. All right. So now... Well, this, does, this doesn't involve me. All right. So here we're going to do. I want, let's see. Who do we want to go this way? Let's have, you come over here. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. When you close your eyes, your eyes closed. Are they closed? Are they closed? All right. Now, Addie, I want you with her eyes closed, I want you to guide her only with your voice all the way across the stage and make sure she doesn't bump in to anybody. Can you do that? Uh, no. no. All right. Well, we're gonna, you're going to give it a shot. Here we go. All right. Oh, man. If she were to say left, which way would you go? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, here, let's do this. Let's go. This way, let's have Addie do this. Okay, you come stand right here. And then you can open your eyes now. You open your eyes? <laughs> All right. Here, Addie, you stand here. I'll direct you through. No. All right? No. All right. So keep your eyes closed. All right, ready? Go straight. 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 You're not going straight. Where are you going? Stop. All right, go straight. Stop. Left. All right, go straight. They moved. You you intim you intimidated them. All right, stop. Turn around and look. You made it all the way. They kind of parted the sea for you. But there you go. All right. Great job, everybody. You can come and get your favorite part while you all really can if you guys get candy. One. One or two. Oh, it's like, it's like that empty house on Halloween where everybody just... No, no, two pieces. Everybody get two pieces. Two pieces. You get two. Two. Two pieces. 
Give them a round of applause as they... Everybody gets a little... I got, some. I got three because... Jason Technically, did. yes, you got... That's a good, good point. There you go. Thanks for coming up. I got some extras. Woohoo! Who wants some? Who wants some? Softball team didn't do too good this year. We got to get my arm back here. Here we go. There it is. My goal is to hit one of the lights and put a hole in it. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So while I bring everything, thanks again. That's, we love to have the kids in here. We never know how it's going to go, but it always turns out semi-well. This thing is really now, this thing is, oh boy. Let me put it over here. I was going to put it on top of the piano, but then that might give Frank a heart attack. So we'll put it over there. All right. So if you haven't figured out, what do you think we're talking about? Trust. Yes. Got me. All right. You do trust me. All right. So for this trust... We're going to be looking into the story of Job. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn to Job chapter 1. And before we get started, this is the problem. You have so much stuff up here. I don't know what to do with everything. All right. I'm going to open us up uh, with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here this morning in a place where, where we can sing songs of praise, where, where we can worship your name, Lord. Lord, as we look to this, this subject of, of trust, this subject of understanding the way that you work in our lives, Lord, and sometimes we, we don't understand everything, Lord, but you call us to, to trust you, to lean on you, to understand how you are working in our lives. Lord, be with us today as we open up and look to the story of Job and how you used him as an example for us to see your great glory, Lord. Lord, we pray for us this morning as we open your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we trust God. We want to lean and understand where he's guiding us in our lives. Sometimes this involves some things of fear, right? They were probably a little afraid for Kenzie to, to fall backwards, not knowing if I was behind her, to not knowing if that, obviously, a sponge in the bottom of that cup would soak up all the water as she, I'm no magician, there's a sponge in the cup, I'll give away my secrets, to why this, the water, although it didn't work perfectly, fall on her. Each of us have to trust ways in God in various ways. We'll get caught, we won't get wet, or, or we won't bump into something as we go about in life. Now, those things aren't perfect examples because we know as we go through life, there are moments where we get wet. There, there are moments where we bump into something. There are times in life when things just don't make sense. And as we look to the story of Job, we will see how this all comes together. I mentioned in, in a church email this week that our, our family uh, a couple weeks ago now, as time flies, took a, a, a vacation to New York City. And, and I, I shared about some of our experiences in that. And the first day that we were there, we went to the 9-11 
Museum and Memorial. I, I highly recommend going there. It's a place, it's, it's a wonderful job they do there of telling a story that has now happened 20 years ago this year. They have so many personal items uh, for the people who lost their lives that day. Uh, their families donated so many things to the museum. There was one thing in particular that stood out to me. It was in this one section, they have this little, uh, it's a magna doodle. Everybody kind of know what those things are, the things that you kind of write on and the, the magnet, and it draws the, the, um, the lines and the, the metals in there, and it kind of creates all these different sayings. Well, there's this one from a, a father who, who wrote a note to his daughter on that morning as he was heading off to work. And, and they found this magna doodle a couple of days later, and they donated it to the museum uh, for it to be remembered for all time. And you know, it's people that lost so much that day. People lost so many things on that 9-11 day. They lost loved ones, co-workers, friends, family. We even lost a sense of security, a sense of well-being within our country. Nothing like that could have ever happened. And yet, here we were asking all these questions. People trying to make sense of why a great such loss, of a great travesty for our country. And as I walked around the museum, various things were coming to mind. And one of those things was the story of Job. Job, a, a man who had much and lost everything, and the questions that abounded from that. The book of Job teaches us so many great lessons, and that's what we want to dive into today. One of trusting God when life seems at its lowest. So let's turn to Job chapter 1 beginning in verse 1. It says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Here we have this great man, all these great blessings upon his life. And then this story, as you read on, gets a little interesting. There's Satan coming before the throne of God. And God pointing out how great his, his servant Job is. And Satan says, well, he's only that because you've given him so much. You take those things away, and surely enough, you will see him. He will curse you and turn from you. And then God allows Job into the hands of Satan, which is a huge discussion and meaning that we don't have time for today. But he says, look, you can go at him, but you can't hurt him. So now in verse 13, it continues. And in verse 13, you kind of get this repetition of things as Job is having these people come to him constantly and saying, at one point, your camels have gone, your, your animals have gone. And then finally, it comes to the last point toward the end of the chapter, and it says, then a great wind came, and your, your, your sons and your daughters were gathered for a feast, and the roof collapsed on them. And everyone was lost. Everything perished. All you have is gone, except for his wife. Insert joke here. No joke. All right, here we go. So here we have all these things happening here, and he has his, his wife by his side, but then his wife even tells him, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just get away with all these things and go away and just turn from all these things? 
You know, much like those families on 9-11, everything was lost. Life changes dramatically. Yet it says one important thing, yet through all this, he didn't sin. Satan then would go on and attack his, his well-being, and he would have break out in, in boils all over his body. And yet through all these things, we see Job trusting in God. All we want is somebody in our lives that we can trust. Somebody who is going to catch us when we fall backwards. See us through and through whenever we stumble in our lives. You know, you know the scene in Aladdin as he's coming up on the magic carpet, right? And he's about to take her on this ride. And what's he ask her? He puts out his hands and says, do you trust me? Do you trust me to get on this, this flying carpet and show you a whole new world? And they break out into a beautiful song. But do you trust me? See, God, in a much bigger way, is asking us the same questions. He's saying, do you trust me? And I think often, maybe times, we reply with a no. I just can't see what you're doing here, Lord. I don't understand what's happening. There's just too much pain. Lord, where are you in all this? You know, paramedics have a very tough job. They arrive on a scene and, and someone is in pain, and they know that they have to move them. They have to get them to a, a better place, to, to a place of safety. And, and they know that as they move this person, it, it's going to cause them pain. But unless they move them, they are never going to get better. And it's often time where, where God will take us through places of pain. Because he has something better for us on the other end, and he knows when he takes us through this, he has a plan for us. So as the story of Job plays out, you know that he has these, these friends who begin to give him terrible advice. They talk about how, man, you must have done something terrible. There must be these great sins in your life that God is now punishing you for. That is why all these things have happened to you. And then as this continues and goes on and on, we come to chapter 13, and Job's kind of had just enough of his friends just babbling. And he comes to chapter 13 and verse 15 and gives these great words, that even in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of pain, he leans and hopes in God. He says this, he says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Though these losses come into my life, I will still hope and trust in him. My faith doesn't change because of my circumstances. I find my hope and trust in him. There is a confidence that we lean on in Christ. There is a hope that we have in Christ. And as you read through the book of Job, you realize that it's really building to this great crescendo. There's this all these discussions happening and God is silent. Like God is not saying anything through all this. And by the time then you come to Job 38, God answers. God begins to speak and respond to all these, these conversations that are happening. And he says this in verse 1. He says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Do you even have knowledge to speak on the things that you are talking about? 
It says, dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you will make it known to me. You have all the answers. Let me know. Then God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Surely you know. Or who has stretched the line upon it? Or what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstones? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut the seas with doors when it burst from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. And prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors. And said, thus far you shall come and no further. And here your proud waves be strayed, stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? And God is saying, who are you to question me? Were you there when, when I laid the foundations of the earth? He goes all the way back to creation. And he says, when I was creating this land of ours, were you here? Did you tell the seas how far to go? Did you lay out the land and say, this is how long you will be, and this is how long your borders will be? He says, I am the one who has done this. I am the one controlling these things. He's putting him in his place and saying, I am so much bigger than anything this world can throw at you. So the question is, is how do we get to a place of trust? How do we come to this place where when things like, 9-11, winter hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, cripple nations. When our families seem to be falling apart. When we're struggling at work. When things don't make sense. How do we come to this place of trust in God? Well, I quickly want to see just a few ways in which we learn and we see how we rely on God. And I think the first thing we see is the one that we just read about. It is remembering who God is, the mighty God of creation. All the times when God would speak to somebody in the Old Testament, he would say, I am the God of Abraham, Jacob. All, he would name off all these people and say, remember what I've done for you. Remember how I led you out of Egypt. Remember how I provided for you in the desert. Remember who I am. I am the creator. You are my creation. We have the God of creation on our side. He is the one in control. If you notice that Satan had to actually ask God's permission to do these things. He wasn't just out there doing whatever he wanted. Remember who God is. Which is the second point here also. It says remember that God is in control. God is he's bigger than death. He's bigger than our sin. He's bigger than the things that scare us. When that bag of water is hanging over our head and life continues to poke holes in it, he is there holding us through it all. We don't know how sometimes how the story ends, but we know that he is in control. And in Job chapter 42, as Job is reflecting on all these things that now God has opened up to him, he says, in chapter 42, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purposes of yours can be thwarted. He says, I, I know that you hold this world in your hands. I, I know that nothing that you have can be stopped. You 
are in control. The third thing we need to remember is remember that God is always with us. He is always with you. And it's something that we see throughout Scripture of him saying how he is by our side, of how he never leaves us, how he never forsakes us. In Joshua 1.9, as he is giving these commands to the, to the nation of Israel as they are going in to win and, and win these battles and face this unknown, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As you go in to the battles that you face, as you go into the, the ways of this world, consider and remember, do not be afraid. When you stumble and fall, which we will in this life, we know that God is there by our side. In Romans 8, as Paul is writing to the Romans, he says, toward the end of chapter 8, he says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He goes on then, and as he's giving the great commission, as he's instructing his disciples for the mission that they are about to embark on, he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I would hope that as the kids were, were joking up here, they, they were reflecting, especially I would hope Kenzie, was reflecting on our years of life together and, and knowing that hopefully her father has always been there for her. That whenever she's gone through something, I have been by her side. So even though she, I know she was joking on stage, but I think she knew I was going to catch her. As we've gone through life experiences, she's experienced that. And she's known that I've always been there by her side. And it's the same thing we've got. We see how God works in our lives. We can look back in our lives and see how he was always there for us. How he brought us through certain situations. How he brought us through what seemed like those darkest times. Only to realize there he was by our side the whole time. He had never left us. He had never abandon us. And that's what it's all about. All these things of remembering who he was, remembering that he is in control, and remembering that he is there with us. The last thing we see is that it's all about God. And then remember that God gets the glory in everything. And it reminds me of John chapter 9. And if you remember in John chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples they come upon a blind man. And his disciples ask him, Lord, who sinned, his, him or his parents, that he came across and now is blind? It's very similar to this idea we have in Job, right? You've obviously done something wrong and are being punished, Job. And he's thinking, okay, who has sinned? Why is this man blind? And Jesus says, he says, it was not that this man sinned or his parents but that the works of God might be displayed in him. You know, oftentimes in great struggles and in great trials in life, as we come out on the other side of it, we realize as God was always there that he was by our side and that it was all for his glory in life. That we can look back on him and see how he has cared for us, how he has led us, how he has brought us through the trials of life 
and then it brings us to a place of praise and worship and honor of him. And then the cycle repeats itself. We go through another downtime in our lives, and we reflect and we remember all that he has done for us. And we look back and we gain strength and we look toward him again. We turn our eyes toward Jesus and we, and we remember all he did for us, all he did for us on the cross. And that's what we come to remember today. We come to reflect on the pain that he felt, the suffering that he felt on the cross. And we know that Job greatly suffered, but Christ suffered all the more. And Christ went through times of trials, of his own people turning his back on him, his own people calling for him to be crucified, calling for him to be hung upon a cross and then mocked and beaten because of our sin in our lives. You see, it's our sins, we're told, that, that takes us away from Christ. And it is why Christ came to die on the cross for our sins, to bring us back to a relationship, to take on the punishment, the wrath that our sins deserve. This is what we come to remember or hear for a time of communion. If you're with us today and you don't understand the gospel, you don't understand all that Jesus Christ has done for you, that you are lost in your sins, that you need the forgiveness that comes in Jesus Christ for the man that suffered and died on that cross, paid the price for our sins. It is that which we remember. And as we transition into a time of communion, that is what we remember. Christ has called us. He has said, remember me. Remember my life that was given up for you on the cross. You see, and in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 11, as Paul is giving out the instructions for communion. He gives us very important words in verse 28. He says, Let a person examine himself, and then so eat the bread and drink the cup. I want you to take some time and reflect upon your life. Reflect upon the times where you have maybe fallen short in your sin. Ask for that forgiveness. Take time and reflect and think upon all that Christ has done for you. Take a moment now and examine it and seek the forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness in Jesus Christ. As we reflect on our sins, we reflect on the forgiveness that comes. And on the night before Jesus would go before the cross, he was meeting with his disciples one last time. He was meeting with them in the upper room. And he gave them these instructions. He said, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it. And said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
You can open that first tab and take out the little wafer and I'll pray for the bread. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the body of your Son which was broken for our sins. For his body that was crushed upon feeling the wrath of God for our sins, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ and the cross. And we remember him here this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul goes on and says these words in 1 Corinthians. He says, in the same way, he also took the cup. After supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood that was spilled on that cross. It was blood that covers us and washes us and makes us new and restores us, Lord. We're thankful for the cross, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we get ready to close out and we reflect on these these things of remembrance and trusting in God, as we go through life, we're going to have the struggles. Nothing is guaranteed. We don't have the perfect life as believers. And Job serves as an example for us, as an example of seeing how God works. It's not really what Job does. It's how God works in his life and how God reminds him of all that he's done in life. So we remember that God is with us, that he is in control, that he is there with us, and then ultimately everything is for his glory, and everything points to his work on the cross. Let's pray, and we'll end with a song. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day, a time to come and reflect, to think upon your words of, do you trust me? Will we trust you as you take us through our lives, Lord? Will we be like Peter and, and take the steps and walk out of the boat, Lord? Lord, help us as we um, fall short so often. Help us to lean and to trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.